You're listening to the Kilcullen Diary Podcasts. Stories in sound from a village grown bigger. Hello, I'm Brian Byrne. You're listening to In Those Days, a Kilcullen Diaries series on memories of times before today. Mine, my family's and other people's. In this episode, the smells in the back of my grandfather's hardware store and radio days. It's funny how you can still smell memories. Like the mix of battery electrolyte and paraffin, a most distinctive odour that I can still smell in my mind today. That recollection was triggered by the set of Kilcullen Drama Group's production of Dancing at Lunasa some years ago. There was a glass wet battery hooked up to the radio, which was a key prop in the plot. I remember similar batteries being charged on shelves in the back store of my grandfather's hardware shop, where Eurospar is now. The process released small quantities of hydrogen as the electrolyte bubbled gently under charge. It provided a pungency to the other smell of the store, paraffin. Drums of that fuel were stored on the opposite side of the room from which customers' containers were filled via taps. Hydrogen, paraffin, the possibility of sparking. What a lethal potential. Safety regulations today would certainly not allow that. Those glass batteries reflected the fact that in the early 1950s the ESB national grid was still confined to towns. The groundbreaking rural electrification scheme had only begun in 1946 and wouldn't complete its work of connecting 420,000 country households until 1979. The paraffin was still used widely for heaters and for lamps. As a child going in winter to friends' homes not so far outside town, I remember wicks being trimmed and lamps being lit at dusk their illumination gradually growing as the night arrived. Forward-looking and wealthy farmers had, since before the war, used battery systems in multiple cell racks to provide lighting, charged by their own small petrol engine generators. But the batteries brought in to my grandfather every week or two for charging were for radio sets, probably the only connections with the greater world for people living a couple of miles outside town. Radios in our home were powered by mains electricity. There were two, one on a shelf in the small sitting room at the bottom of the stairs, the room used most of the time in winter because it was heated by an anthracite stove and easy to keep warm. The larger sitting room was used on Sundays and summer evenings and had a more salubrious radio built in a corner cabinet where old 78 RPM records could be stored for the gramophone. Among those, I remember a set of speeches by Winston Churchill. Listening to radio then was a family affair, much as it later became for television. Programmes were often a timetable for the day. When a morning 15-minute soap called Jacqueline on Radio Erin came on, for instance, I knew I had just enough time to walk to school before classes started. And the Kennedys of Castle Ross would mark my return for lunch. On Sunday evenings, Radio Luxembourg would broadcast Dan Dare, Pilot of the Future, at a quarter to seven. My mother would always try and get me to leave before it ended, so I wouldn't be late for the Sunday evening devotions in the church. But because there were advertisements at the end of the show, I could run to the church and be there on time. 
People often comment that they see me today walking fast around town. I do. Maybe because I used to travel so fast on my two legs to get to devotions on time. Dinjo's Take the Floor and the Living with Lynch programmes on Radio Erin had a particular interest for me because the presenters, Dennis Fitzgibbon and Joe Lynch respectively, were regular visitors to our house as friends of my mum and dad. Later, in my own time at RTE through the 1980s, I would meet up with Joe fairly often, and rather less frequently in the years before his death. Always a man of great humour. Sunday afternoons in winter were spent in the big sitting room listening to BBC programmes such as Life with the Lions and The Navy Lark. The BBC also contributed to my lifelong interest in space travel with Journey into Space, the exploits of astronaut Jet Morgan and his intrepid crew. At the end of the 1950s, I was entertained for a brief couple of years by the Clitheroe Kid getting up to adolescent tricks, mostly at the expense of his big sister Susan and her boyfriend Alfie. The arrival of homegrown TV to Irish sitting rooms changed all that. But I still have strong memories of how true, even today, is the answer to the old question, which is better, radio or television? Radio, of course. It has better pictures. And still, in my mind, there's that heady mixture of bubbling batteries on charge and paraffin dripping from a barrel tap. Condensed and refined in my memory, it probably smells even stronger now. I'm Brian Byrne. This is Kilcullen Diary. Thanks for listening.